Mr. James Duffy lived in Chapelizid because he wished to live as far as possible from the city of which he was a citizen, and because he found all the other suburbs of Dublin mean, modern, and pretentious. He lived in an old, sombre house, and from his windows he could look into the disused distillery or upwards along the shallow river on which Dublin is built. The lofty walls of his uncarpeted room were free from pictures. He had himself bought every article of furniture in the room. A black iron bedstead, an iron washstand, four cane chairs, a clothes rack, a coal scuttle, a fender and irons, and a square table on which lay a double desk. A bookcase had been made in an alcove by means of shelves of white wood. The bed was clothed with white and black scarlet bedclothes, and a black and scarlet rug covered the foot. A little hand mirror hung above the washstand, and during the day, a white shaded lamp stood as the sole ornament of the mantelpiece. The books on the white wooden shelves were arranged from below upwards according to bulk. A complete Wordsworth stood at one end of the lower shelf, and a copy of the Maynooth Catechism, sewn into the cloth cover of a notebook, stood at one end of the top shelf. Writing materials were always on the desk. In the desk lay a manuscript translation of Hopman's Michael Cramer, the stage directions of which were written in purple ink, and a little sheaf of papers held together by a brass pin. In these sheets, a sentence was inscribed from time to time, and in an ironical moment, the headline of an advertisement for bile beans had been pasted onto the first sheet. On lifting the lid of the desk, a faint fragrance escaped. The fragrance of new cheddarwood pencils, or of a bottle of gum, or of an overripe apple which might have been left there and forgotten. Mr. Duffy abhorred anything which betokened physical or mental disorder. A medieval doctor would have called him Saturnine. His face, which carried the entire tale of his years, was of the brown tint of Dublin streets. On his long and rather large head grew dry black hair, and a tawny moustache did not quite cover an unamiable mouth. His cheekbones also gave his face a harsh character, but there was no harshness in the eyes, which, in looking at the world from under their tawny eyebrows, gave the impression of a man ever alert to greet a redeeming instinct in others, but often disappointed. He lived at a little distance from his body, regarding his own acts with doubtful side-glasses. He had an odd autobiographical habit which led him to compose in his mind, from time to time, a short sentence about himself, containing a subject in the third person and a predicate in the past tense. He never gave alms to beggars and walked firmly, carrying a stout hazel. He had been for many years cashier at a private bank in Baggett Street. Every morning he came in from Chapelizid by tram, at midday, he went to Dan Burke's and took his lunch. 
a bottle of lager beer and a small trayful of arrowroot biscuits. At four o'clock, he was set free. He dined in an eating house in Georgia Street, where he felt safe from the society of Dublin's gilded youth, and where there was a certain plain honesty in the bill of fare. His evenings were spent either before his landlady's piano or roaming about the outskirts of the city. His liking for Mozart's music brought him sometimes to an opera or a concert. These were the only dissipations of his life. 